When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The dream is made real. Ricky Hunt rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh. Yes, yes, fight fans, it's another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast brought to you by Sean Basto and Johnston Brown here to break down the weekend's action and react to what happened over the course of this weekend. But as always, before we get into it, please go and check us out on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook. If you've not already subscribed to the podcast, you can do so by checking us out on Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, Spotify and mainly Apple Podcasts. Get on there and subscribe and rate and review. It really, really, really helps us. Thank you so much for all the guys that keep doing it. It's really appreciated. So, Johnston, let's get into the weekend's action then. Obviously, there's so many different places and so many different fights to discuss. I think the main talking points for most people uh, are going to be the Usyk moving up to the heavyweight division. And just before we get into speaking about Usyk, I just want to let the guys know that we did actually do a preview episode for it. However, due to the late replacement of Chaz Witherspoon going in for Spong, it completely ruined our preview episode because obviously we recorded it at the start of the week, hoping that we'd get ahead of ourselves and then that happened, the Peds issue, and they changed it and then it was just like, we're not going to be able to fit this one in before the weekend, so unfortunately we wasn't able to bring you a big fight preview for it, but we're here to bring you a review of the fight and of all the other fights across the weekend that were of significance. So Usyk then, what did you make of his performance over the weekend, Johnston? Uh- Pretty much how I thought it would would it was going to go. Um, he where he would uh, have a few a couple of feel out rounds, which is what he did, and then eventually uh, break with his boom down. Um, I mean, obviously, as you said, we had, had a discussion with, with Sprong being his potential opponent, which obviously didn't happen. Um, yeah, late late sub sometimes can be difficult for fighters, but I thought it was. Yeah, I thought we'd done what, what what I expected him to do. He's, he's a class act. Um, I, I, 
you know, he, he himself said that, you know, it was probably a bit difficult to, to make a certain sort of couple of changes with, with the change of opponent. But, you know, Usyk is just, you know, he's a class operator. And uh, so it pretty much went exactly how I thought it would go. Apart from the fact that the guy retired in his corner, I thought maybe he might stop and the referee might step in and stop the fight sort of in the middle rounds. And um, basically, that's what happened. You know, I did a prediction video for, obviously, our YouTube channel, Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat, on this. And I actually said it'd go down the way it did. And, and you know, that's a difficult thing to really predict sometimes when you're doing these videos. But I did say he'd probably start off slow and he'd try and work with a spoon out. Because, obviously, it's a late replacement. So, you know, you can only look at with a spoon so much before you get into the actual fight and that's even if they do that in their camp so obviously he took the first three rounds to work him out but when he started to work him out that's where we started to see the brilliance of him and as soon as he started to pick the punches off nicely and move around the ring like we expected him to you just kind of knew it was gonna not end up going the distance and you knew it was gonna end up going into sort of the latter half of the fight where he was going to eventually go on to stop him. And that's what I'd predicted. I said between rounds 9 and 12 on the video that I did. And, and actually, obviously, it was it was in 7. So I wasn't too far off. But in terms of interpreting how the fight had go down, I was pretty much spot on. So I was really chuffed. The fact that, you know, it was quite... Yeah, I think it was quite easy to predict how it was going to go down. I, I think we knew Usyk as a mover. We knew he was going to go there and he was going to break him down. He was going to take them first few rounds to have a look. And that's exactly what he did. And, you know, really, really impressive... And as usual, it gives us a fantastic post-fight interview uh, with his I am feel, I am very feel. And you just can't not love the guy, can you, when he's when he's got that sort of charismatic personality, even though there's like a little bit of a language barrier. Yeah, he, he still comes across, doesn't he? He's got a great personality. So he, can, uh, yeah, he, he, he enjoys it in there. You can tell he loves just he loves to fight um, and he will fight anybody I don't think there's anyone he's going to sort of be avoiding he's looking to, to move on straight away to the big names and you know he, again people always are going to allude to the fact that you know he's he's a cruiserweight moving up to the heavyweight and he's fighting some big guys and, and whether the power is going to come into play for him in those big fights when he doesn't actually take them I mean to be honest again I mean Usyk wasn't a massive puncher was he, he was, he's never no, he a guy wasn't. that's going to really blow you out with one shot I mean he did the value in the end it was accumulated but in the end it was a big shot but, you know, he just will literally break you down he will, he will destroy you with his eye splittering and you always have first rounds off where we literally he will literally work that he's a out and he will figure out a way of beating him and then he'll do something different the third or fourth and just continually gets better and that's what he does and that's what he's I can't wait to do what he does for that big everybody. and that's why he, you know he's at the moment he's finally fought everyone. He for me is technically the best to be right around at the moment. Well, it's interesting that you talk about him being the best heavyweight around at the moment because that's what people are debating the hell out of on social media at the moment. There was always a debate going into him moving up to the heavyweight division. How good would he be up at heavyweight? And obviously, everyone's had their 10 pence to say on social media about it. And there's a few people that have said previously that even when he moves up, he's going to go on and he's going to beat a lot of these guys in the heavyweight. And, I, you know, I, I, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that he's definitely going to be involved in some highly competitive fights with the big boys of the heavyweight division. I do think that, and I love the way that he just doesn't really care. And, you know, he's even said about, you know, he'll run rings around Wilder and he'll he'll beat Wilder easily. And, you know, he, the confidence is there. He's confident in his own ability. And, and that, I like that about him. And I like the fact that, 
You know, even though he's going up to heavyweight, regardless of maybe he hasn't got the same punching power as these other guys that are around, he's got the ability and the movement and the skills to be able to do it. And, you know, I think back to history in boxing and you think back to sort of the different eras of time where, you know, some of these heavyweight champions were the same height as Usyk, same build as Usyk, you know, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, you know, the, okay, you've got the 6'9", guys like Fury, and you've got the 6'7s and 6'8", you know, big guys, but I'm not being funny, in different eras, it was done by guys who could go in there and do the same things, and I know, obviously, times have changed, and there's more science in the sport now, and athleticism, and naturally bigger men are going into the heavyweight division, but you've seen guys over history and over time, time who were smaller guys in the heavyweight division i mean i think rocky marciano's a good one i remember he was around about 190 pounds most of the time when he fought Uh, i mean don't quote me on that i could be totally incorrect but 190 pounds sticks out in my mind that he used to fight around that weight and then you the guys that are around now are ranging from like 215 pounds to 260 pounds you know so these guys that marciano were fighting were always usually quite big and they're all you know a lot of them were quite bigger than him or 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 of similar size to him and he was a quite a small heavyweight himself and you know i think to myself you know Usyk's moving up to heavyweight. It might not have the one-punch knockout power, but, you know, after an accumulation of, of being pummeled around the ring for seven, eight, nine, ten rounds, eventually that's going to catch up with you. If you're getting hit a lot and not being able to hit your opponent and being made to miss and expending all that energy, surely, surely that's going to take its toll over a period of time. Even if you are a bigger guy, as the smaller guy, you've just got to be smarter. You've not got to let these bigger guys lean on you and you've got to be able to move out of the way and use your speed to your advantages. David Hayes, another example, he moved up. Evander Holyfield, he moved up. And obviously they both went on to win world titles in the heavyweight division. So I genuinely believe Usyk is in a good position to be able to go on to win a heavyweight title in a division. It's just a question of whether he can clean up the division, as some people are saying. Yeah, yeah that, to your point about the accumulation of shots, that's, that's 100% based with Usyk. He isn't that one-punch knockout artist. But, you know, I mean, in the opponent on the other side, sometimes you actually watch these fights, you know, these massive heavyweight fights for the years, and, you know, the opponent thinking about if, if I was an opponent. I mean, it's crazy to say, but I would probably be the guy that would rather be wiped out with one clean shot rather than have to take an accumulation of big shots throughout a whole, like you say, seven to ten man, say. I mean, that's that's got to take its toll on you rather than, you know, just the one punch. You can one punch and go back, you can recover and you can get back in the ring. If, you're, if you've been absolutely battered for ten rounds, say, geez, I mean, that's going to, that's going to, you're going to take a long, longer time to get yourself prepared mentally and physically to go, go and get yourself into prime condition to go and compete again. So, Usyk, not only is he, you know, obviously, they're always biggest problem of Usyk is the fact is, is he going to be able to take the punch from the big guys and is he going to be able to dish it out? And, and I think, I mean, t- tactically and technique, he's, he's just, for me, he's the best in the division now. I mean, Tyson Fury, he probably was before Usyk stepped the division. Um, but other than that, no, I can't see anyone really going to be, the only way someone's going to get him is if they get him early. That's what you can actually get Usyk for the heavyweights. They've got to be looking at taking him out early. When he has those first couple of rounds and he's trying to figure you out, that's the time to put the pressure on. That's what Bellew did. If, if, if he was up against someone a bit bigger, that could be his downfall. But it could be like an early shot and eventually he could get the ball down from that. Uh, that's, that's the only way he could beat. I mean, I'm, 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 I can't believe what I'm saying. I mean, I'm, a, I'm you know, I'm a very like Josh Olsen. Well, he's a guy at the end of the day. 
I'm going to support them. I'm, you know, I'm a Brit. You know, I'm English. I'm going to Especially, and I just, I think it was, it's just class bubble. And it's just, again, it's just question mark. But I just think he's, he's, he's going to deal with it. And I do, he definitely went at the time. I mean, no one's going to the WBA with it. Or even with that, I was going to do an alarm and Joshua fight. It looks like it's going to be the further down the line, the winner of the fight. Who out there is going to want to, after the fight, they're going to want to step in the river. I wouldn't be surprised if they said, you know what, I'm saying that. And WBA make that, you know, take off them in the six fights with the title. Whoever it's going to be, I think he will fight that WBA title next year. Yeah, interesting. I'm looking forward to, to seeing what happens in terms of progression of Usyk in the heavyweight division and how all the fights play out over the next two years. Because I think, again, we've said this about Lomachenko, I don't think Usyk's there to stay around for too long, given his, his storied sort of amateur career and his experience. And he's been boxing for years already. I think he's there to clean up and he's there to get out of the sport. So I am very interested to see how this this changes this landscape of the heavyweight division and I am excited about it and whether I put him as my number one boxer in the heavyweight division whether I think he's the best uh, I think I need to see him be a legitimate heavyweight in terms of a bigger name in the top 10 if he gets a big name in the top 10 and again handles them quite easily then I'll start to, to start to get a bit more excited about these mega fights but at the moment I've got to keep myself grounded and wait for him to get in the ring with one of these guys and once he does and I expect him to go in there and and do a number on them then I can start genuinely getting getting excited about this guy and and that's the thing you know you you want the British guys to win because you're you're a British fighter fan but then when you get a charismatic character like this you know you can't help but not love the guy so you kind of want to see him do well and kind of clean up even though even though it's against guys that are kind of you're supposed to well it's not a case of you're supposed to port them but obviously when you're from the same country and and you like them and you know they're charismatic themselves you kind of want them to do well but it puts you in a difficult predicament when you've got guys like Usyk who's just a character who who you want to see do well and you've seen do well so far so i am excited about it i I am really excited i'm very feel about it that's what i am i'm very feel definitely um so 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 over the weekend obviously on that card was the return of 16 and 0 now 17 and 0 wba light heavyweight champion dimitri bivol picking up another victory to go forward with a unanimous decision over 12 rounds against his opponent, Lenin Castillo. We're going forward now and we're looking at the future for Bivol and I think we've spoke about Bivol a couple of times and he's a guy that I've always said in the past, I want to see him in with bigger names, I want to see him in with harder fights and I am quite happy with his resume so far over the past two years uh, this particular fight I, I, I didn't feel like was doing anything for him in terms of taking him forward I just felt like it was keeping him busy and keeping him active and, and obviously getting the, the the activity 100% down the line because obviously that's what he needs he needs activity he's a young guy he needs to be in there uh, and constantly keeping himself active, ready for the big fights when they come around. So, obviously, he picked up a shutout decision, really, over Castillo, and, and now we need to see him in. For me, personally, I need to see him in with like the big names of the division now. I want to see like who who is going to eventually go in and, and have a cracking fight with, with Bivol. Obviously, we've got Baturbiev and Gerdvik coming up very shortly as well, so that's going to be an interesting one, and I'm pretty sure Bivol's going to have his eye on the winner of that one, and that's the fight I'd like to see next to be honest with you obviously with Kovalev and Canelo battling it out in in the light heavyweight division for for that title for the WBO title we've got the other interesting fight between Gerbig and Baturbiev and that's the fight where I think 
I'd like to see Bivol in with the winner of and I'm not throwing him to the Wolves I just think he's ready for it I just think you can't keep putting him in with guys that are sort of B-level players he needs to be in there with the A-side a now and he needs to be beating the A-side if he's going to go on and, and unify this division you know there's only so long they can keep him fighting these guys for what do you think uh, about Bivol's next 12 months do you think it's right to put him in there now with the winner of Baturi Evan Gerdvik or do you think he still needs a little bit more time given that he's 28 and he's 17 you know I think I, I think he's ready um, for me I, I thought he was ready last year um, he, he, again he's a very very good boxer he's technically astute he's got a good whack on him although you know he doesn't quite knock people out he did sort of say that I mean he's still got a good knockout ratio it's just his last sort of four fights he's got a distance and people have jumped on his back a little bit um, um, which I, I found was quite interesting. Um, I mean, I heard the booing after when he's interview, and I was surprised. Thinking they booing him because of his performance, but in actual fact, thinking about it, I mean, I don't know for sure, but he's got a Russian flag around him, and the Ukrainians are in full presence, wouldn't they, for for Husik? <laughs> so I'm guessing it was probably because he had the Russian flag draped around his, his top half. But um, yeah, no, Bivol is again. He's just a, he's one of those guys that when I watch, it's just great to watch. I could watch him all day long. He's just got the, the way he shifts his feet, um, the way he sort of works the body. He can he can throw left, he can throw right hand you know he's got a great IQ he literally the distance is always there with him um, I think he poses a threat for any of the top light heavyweights um, but as you say you've got good, is it Gerdvet Gerdvet Gerdvik is that, I always get his name wrong the Ukrainian thriller another fantastic fighter I, I should really work with his name because he's, he's definitely one of the you know he's up there if not one of the best in, in the division and, and uh uh, better be well, better be or whatever you, you want to call him again. Um, two excellent fighters, but again, they you know sort of coming to what's thirty four, one of them, and the other one's thirty two. The Ukraine, so you know, Bivol should be in a position where maybe him and Yard are on a collision course later on in a few years when, when the other guys sort of decided to call it a day because that's sort of how it's going for them fellas. Um, and I think he's ready for him. I do. I really believe he's got enough about him where he could he could unify at some point and. I, you know, again, as I say, I just I enjoy watching him. Um, I think people have been harsh on him for for not getting rid of his opponent on um, on early hours in the morning. But in actual fact, I thought he'd done all right. Um, is it Castillo? Well, I can't remember his name either. Did the fellow that he fought? Um, uh, yeah, Castillo. Um, I thought, uh, to be honest, to the fellow, I thought he'd, he'd done all right. He took a really big whack, didn't he, with that right hand, put him yeah. down quite hard, and he recovered well. Um, so credit to him and Bivol again. I just again, he's just he's just a great technician, and uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I, hopefully next year getting a big fight so on the card obviously it was uh, a couple of good fights on there and a couple of good victories first of all for Anthony Sims Jr calling out Rocky Fielding after picking up his victory over Morgan Fitch he's looking to to get a big name people are going to laugh when I say that big name Rocky Fielding but let's be honest, Rocky Fielding put himself in a position to fight Canelo and got that fight with Canelo and got the Canelo payday. So in Anthony Sims Jr.'s eyes, he's, he's probably a bigger name for him because of obviously who he's shared the ring with and the fact that he's, even though he was a portion of a world title that Rocky Fielding won, it was still classed as a world title. So, you know, going in there and Anthony Sims Jr. beating a Rocky Fielding, you know, just boosted his stock even more. So he got a good victory now, moves to 20-0. Really looking forward to seeing him. He's a really down-to-earth guy. He seems like a very grounded character and, and one that I've really been following over the past couple of years in his progress. So, yeah, good win for him. Calling out Rocky Fielding. Could we see that fight in the future? Definitely. Definitely the one I'd like to see. He's definitely where 
Rocky Fielding needs to take his career, I think, at this point. He needs to get a big win over someone like this now if he's going to push himself back into any sort of title contention if he, if he really wants to do that. But also on the card, we had TJ Doney, who picked up a victory. 21-1 and now he is after getting that win over Jesus Martinez on that particular card. Another prospect, Ofer Jones the third. We've seen him over in the Nexon show earlier this year. He also got a victory. Uh, and then one of the fights that was on the card, I didn't get a chance to watch it, Johnston, but obviously it's been all over social media across the weekend, was the Charles Conwell and Patrick Day fight. Patrick Day suffering uh, a brutal knockout to Charles Conwell and as a result has gone into a coma and has still not come out of that coma at the moment. So it's it's not looking great at the moment as things stand. And, and we've spoke about this quite recently because, of obviously it's happened earlier on with Dadashev earlier on this year as well and it's it's really scary and it's really sad and I just hope and pray that this guy gets better and you know he comes out of it because we you know it's I feel like we're talking too much about fighters getting injured quite recently and, and getting seriously injured as well yeah yeah another one uh, Patrick Day yeah I mean it, we don't know I mean I've, 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 again I just heard the same as usual that you know he's still coming in a couple of and we're waiting to see what's happening with him um, yeah, it's, again, it's just so bad, isn't it? I mean, again, it just shows you how dangerous this sport is, really. Um, and, I mean, they had they, they will do everything they can. Um, they, they were quick to respond. Um, they had him in, he was in the hospital like, when the next fight was on, more or less. Um, so, hopefully, with the fact that they were quick to jump in and, and do what they needed to do and he induced a coma, hopefully, he comes out of it and he will, um, he will live to fight another day, whether he can actually get, get back in the ring or not. We don't know, but... Um, End of the day, the main thing is for him to, to pull through. The last thing we need is, is anything terrible to happen and he's magic moves in the next couple of days. Hopefully that's not the case and hopefully he pulls through. But yeah, it, it's sad. It's sad to hear again. Um, yeah, it definitely put a shadow over the weekend. Oh, it did, didn't it? It really did, and it was just something that I think we need to just reiterate about the, the dangers of this sport, and we spoke about this, like I said earlier on in the year, I think it was August time when that happened to Dadashev passing away, and then the, uh, obviously I can't remember his name, I feel awful for not being able to remember the fellow's name, the Argentinian, who also passed away as well, you know, both leaving okay. families behind, and then you've got Patrick Day, uh, who at the moment, as, as far as I know, he's still, still in a coma, hopefully, you know, he'll, he'll like I say, he'll pull through it. Uh, but just one final sort of touch, touching point on this particular card before we move on to the card in Leeds was Jessica McCaskill beating Erica Annabella Farias and obviously getting the WBC WBA super lightweight titles. Jessica McCaskill, I don't know if anybody remembers McCaskill, she did actually share the ring with Katie Taylor in 2017, losing on a unanimous decision and that was for the WBO lightweight title and then she moved up to super lightweight and beat Farias last October before also then picking up the WBC title against Sanchez and then beating Farias again on Saturday night with a majority decision. So, you know, she's pushing herself uh, into potential contention for what could end up being a rematch down the line for for Katie Taylor. You know, should Katie Taylor move up to to super lightweight and and start applying a trade there? That could be a, a good one. And I know, obviously, Eddie Hearn's been doing a lot of doing a lot of promoting for her which is quite interesting and and obviously with him promoting Katie Taylor as well and with obviously Katie Taylor fighting for the WBO Super Lightweight title in Manchester in November, this makes a potential for a rematch to happen by the sound of it. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, that that, that was a good fight that as well. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I thought McCaskill was probably both um, Farias and and McCaskill. I think they they both fought really well. I thought um, McCaskill did win it. Um, I I had up sort of a couple of rounds and I I believe... um, 
was it Paul Smith on there that uh, added a draw? I didn't quite see that as a draw. I think one of the judges even added a draw as well. But I think I think the right girl won. Um, but that would be a. I mean, I know they've already fought once, but you know, that'd be a good fight again. I mean, they're both they're both willing to, to have, a, have a really go toe to toe at some points in their fight. You know, it's, it's always good on the eye, isn't it? So yeah, I think you know she's proven herself to go up to another weight, and she's you know she's picked up a couple of titles, and good for her. And hopefully um, we will get to see that fight because it's a good fight for Taylor um, and then hopefully if she comes for a, a test in November as well so no it's good 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 fight that's one of the best fights on the cards to be fair yeah I agree I don't know what everyone else thinks let us know give us a tweet at BTR Boxing Pod let us know what you think about McCaskill Taylor too that can definitely be happen in the next 12 months I do see that happening to be honest with you because of the fact she's got WBC and WBA versions of the super lightweight title and, and obviously Taylor's fighting for the WBO version of the title so very interesting times in the super lightweight division uh, in the female ranks. So before we move over to, to Leeds and talk about Josh Warrington's destruction uh, of Sofian Takao, I just want to take this moment, an opportunity to give a shout out to the sponsors for the podcast, Bear Attack Boxing. And Bear Attack Boxing, as you know, are providing high quality boxing goods and equipment to all your suitable needs. To get over there, you go on to www.bearatarboxing.co.uk and check out all the latest products on there. They're starting to sponsor more and more professional boxers. Ryan Charles, one of the guys who's been on the Ones to Watch series, was in Bear Attack Boxing, kitted out goods this weekend all his team was in it it looked fantastic it was really good to see him also get the win at the york hall on saturday night so as a listener you know what to do you go over there you put some goods in your basket you go to the discount code and you put in btr10 you get 10 percent off your basket so go and check it out they're on social media at bear attack boxing on instagram facebook and twitter and you can find them at www.bearattackboxing.com UK. So, Josh Warrington, Safian Takout, bit of a blowout that one, and I don't understand how Takout was actually even rated and ranked in the top 10 of the IBF rankings because that was a complete mismatch the way I seen that. Oh, just a bit, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I did think, you know, I thought Warren would, would, would win the fight comfortably. I didn't think it'd be as comfortable as it was. I didn't think he was going to blow him out in two rounds. How um, the guy was sort of ranked in the top five in the division is beyond me. Um, definitely not worth that ranking whatsoever. And um, credit to, to Warren and uh, to Carol, yeah, he put he went down fight. Us, like you could say, I suppose he went down swinging. He was even disappointed when he, when that uh, when the referee did come in and, and stop it. Albeit he was rocking all over the gaff, and there was no way he was going to be in any fit state to continue. If he weren't stopped in that second, it would have been stopped of the next round in a way. Um, Josh done what he needed to do um, there's nothing wrong with him having a, a sort of a, a lower key fight I think he's uh, he's had some he's had three big fights has not he you know last year and, and this year um, and, and I think that he was entitled to obviously the mandatory in a way um, God knows where they got this guy, how they've pulled him out this guy's been a mandatory fight I really don't get it uh, maybe he's better than you know maybe it was just the atmosphere got to him I don't know but he, he was well out he, he was in a different league weren't and, and he proved it you know he, sometimes when, when fighters do fight these, these guys that you know no one really knows and um, sometimes they can go into a fight a little bit overconfident and they end up sort of doing it, having a sort of a, a 12 round stinker I mean the, the one guy I always think about is uh, Billy Joe you know when he used to fight those, those low key fights he would just be awful um, and, and Warren and didn't he wasn't he didn't allow that to happen he'd done exactly what he was supposed to do and he, he wants to, he wants to unify the division Um I mean, they're talking about, is it Zol uh, Khan, is it? Uh, apparently, he's going to come over and they're looking at if he gets past his his next fight um, and he manages to hold on to his title, that, that will be the fight, the next fight for Warrington. 
in Leeds uh, at the stadium at Ellen Road. Um, and obviously Santa Cruz, which I didn't know until this weekend, is that he moved up a division. I didn't realise he was up to Super Seven, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, I think Valdez is up there as well in Super Seven. Wait, so his titles going around. I think I think the only one really is Russell Junior, isn't he? Um, I think Shaka uh, Shaka um, what's his face? Uh, Stevenson is fighting <laughs> for a title. Yeah. He's fighting for a title in a few weeks. Um, that's potentially, he's saying he'll only stay in the division if he gets a chance to unify. So maybe that's a fight down the line as well. So if Warren can get past Zoll and then and then fight Stevenson, maybe, uh, that would be interesting um, next year. Uh, other than that, I suppose the next thing would be, what, what would Warren and want to move up uh, for me I think it should stick in the featherweight division and literally try and pick up all the titles if he can um, but you know it's a shame because I wanted to see Santa Cruz I wanted to see that fight but apparently he's moved up so I, I didn't know that so I don't know if you knew that before the weekend or not but I just literally found out today No I didn't know it I honestly didn't know that that was happening to be honest with you it's a bit of a shame that because I was really looking forward to seeing that fight to be fair I really enjoyed obviously the prospect of seeing them two get it on and, and obviously with it not happening now I'm a little bit gutted now you've told me that uh, and and the fight you was referring to, just going back to his next potential fight, was you referring to the Chinese WBA featherweight champion, Kan Zhu? Yeah, Kan Zhu. I call it Zhu Kan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kan Zhu. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. I always think Zhu Kan is you can. You can do it, mate. <laughs> so he's obviously got a scheduled fight coming up on the 23rd of November against Manny Robles the third, and that's defending his WBA title for the third time. So that'll be an interesting fight if you can get through Manny Robles the third. Uh, but when I was looking at his record, just while you were talking to me there about obviously Josh Warrington's next potential fights in the future i was looking for kanzu's record and obviously i don't really know too much about him if i'm being you know brutally honest but i looked at one of the fighters he's been in the ring with and i had to bring it to the attention of of yourself and the listeners so if you go on and have a look at a particular fight that he had in 2016 of december he fought a fighter by the name of spicy matsuitsa (laughs) (laughs) it actually like it sounds like some sort of meal, doesn't it? Spice, sp- a spi- <laughs> can I can I have one spicy matsuitsa, please? That's kind of what it sounds like. It's it's like you, you yeah, know you come, ten off the Chinese movie, <laughs> you come across these names sometimes in boxing, and we've seen them a few times, and you're thinking to yourself, <laughs> is that a real name? Is that a person's name, or if they just use that as an alias for it? I, you know, I found it quite funny to see that. But in all ser- <laughs> in all seriousness, though, though, going back to the serious points of it, obviously. That makes sense, you know, for him to fight Zoo. If he gets in the ring with Zoo and then picks up another title, and then he's got the IBF and WBA behind him, then you know that he's the he's the star of the division essentially. Then because the only other fighter, as we've said, is Gary Russell Jr. Because that's the only big fight I could see for him then after Santa Cruz moving up to super featherweight. And I wouldn't like to see him. I wouldn't like to see Warrington move up. I think, like you say, I'd like to see him win and get the titles and unify the division and and make his stamp on the sport and make his legacy in the sport by doing that and I've accused Warrington a few times of being sometimes a little bit overconfident but you know what I'll give him his due every time he says he's going to do something he does it he's had three challenging fights three great victories and now a fourth victory against a less than 
challenge an opponent to to be respectful and now it's a, now for me it's to jump back into the big fights again you know he's had a lot of little fight off like we've said he deserves it but now it's, it's he needs to go in there uh, and he needs to look at the winner of Rob Lesnar and Kanzu and look for that WBA title and then look for a potential unification uh, with the WBC champion Gary Russell Jr and and if he did go on to do that and he won you know, essentially, he's near enough unifying that he's unifying the division. And and if he really wants to go one step further, then he can obviously look at trying to get the WBO under his belt and and really, really sort of putting a stamp on the division and the legacy of the sport. And you know, if he did that, I'm pretty sure he'd be regarded as as one of the best featherweights of all time because that's essentially what he'd put himself in the position to do. And it seems pretty strange to sit there and even sort of say that because you just a few years ago you wouldn't have thought you know Warrington's style would be the style to go out there and. and and beat some of these slicksters and, and the way he's handled a lot of the slicksters out there the Galahads and, and obviously the Selbys he's managed to get through the fights and he's managed to win him he, for me he broke Selby down for me he was very close against Galahad but he managed to get through the fight by doing what he needed to do so he's got all that experience behind him now and I feel confident that actually you know he could go on to unify this division he really could i think he's he's he's, he's had answers for questions and different questions that have been asked of him each time he's got in the ring with different opponents like your frampton your selbys or your galahads and you know when you get into the ring against someone like a kanzu or a gary russell jr they present a different puzzle to solve and i think he can solve them and i really do think he could go on to great things in the featherweight division yeah i do too and, and obviously uh looking at it now um i think i think russell Russell Jr. definitely is the guy that poses a real threat for Warrington because of you know those quick hands, they, they, you know the blistering, blistering speed he's got. You know, I, I believe the only defeat he had was against was it Lomachenko. I think it was the one that beat him. Um, I may be wrong. Um, I'm sure it, it wasn't Lomachenko. It might be someone else. Uh, either way, yeah, I think he's the one that um, does pose a threat for Warrington. Um, and then obviously Stevenson, Shaka uh, Stevenson, who who, who I, I think is going to be a a top top fighter is going to be a massive name. He's going to be an elite fighter. I do believe that. And and whether um, if if he does pick up his world title, which I expect him to, um, Warren Stevens that's mouthful for him. That's that's a great fight, and that could be the fight he wants to go over to America. And get a big a big following with him, sort of take a, a load of fans, the fans out with him to Vegas, wherever he wants, wherever the fight may take place. And he will get that this year, um, and he might be with two or ten more when he goes and does it, which would be great. I think he's in the back of his weekend and he's saying uh, you know he wants to throw in those type of footsteps and he's got a huge following like through and through through thick and thin they have followed him through you know times when we when, I, when we was we would have got I mean I, I, I'm, a, I'm not 100% what, how you see fights from back then uh, in terms of the sort of Melbourne fight I had one and I thought he was going to win it I thought the same with Frampton it didn't happen um, he proved me wrong every time so you know fans by him and, and, and it's good you know it's great to have a, a British fighter that's this huge following him when we do go when he does event don't work, which I think he will it's, it's, tell you what the atmosphere in them stadiums will be a little bit like uh, yeah definitely definitely I'm looking forward to it uh, like I say it yeah. excites me it really does because it's nice to see someone that's, that's made his way traditionally through the ranking you know with all the the, the, the traditional belts and the way of getting him and, and I've really enjoyed watching his career sometimes I felt is he a bit overconfident but then you know he goes in there and backs everything up and I can't argue with that I can't put an argument for that in out there to say you know he's overconfident he's arrogant he just believes he believes in himself and and that's kind of what shines through now for me and with that backing behind him and with that fan base behind him you know he, he, he I dare to say it but I think he could he could get to the same 
heights as as Ricky Hatton in terms of taking that many fans over to America and you know guys that were there just to be in America to watch the fight, not even to get a ticket. You know, twenty thousand fans went over to watch him fight Mayweather. And the majority of them didn't even go there with a ticket. They just went to be there in in Vegas when he fought Mayweather. And Warrington could go down that route. He really could. And that's what's exciting about it is to see someone as well supported as that again. And I've heard people say this before about him. I've heard other pundits, people in the sport say, oh, you know, he looks like he's going to be the the next Ricky Atten with a similar style and the fan base to match it. So... Let's see. So on the rest of that card then, we also had some decent fights that I was looking forward to and I did give a good preview of them, but unfortunately that preview got a little bit lost because of uh, what happened. So Zelfa Barrett beating Jordi McCora. I expected it to happen. I did think it would happen. It was a very good performance and I was saying in the preview episode about Zelfa Barrett and the step-ups he's needed and now he's got them step-ups. Yeah, he lost to Ronnie Clark. But he's come back and he's bounced back even more. And he's defended his Commonwealth title that he won against Leon Woodstock. And he beat Jordy McCorry, who obviously has been given these opportunities time after time against fighters like this. I don't know whether he'll get any more opportunities like this again. Because obviously he's, he's lost his last couple of fights. So for me, this is the time for Zelfa Barrett now to, to get in there uh, and really make his mark on the sport. And I think a good domestic showdown with Archie Sharp is pending. And then a potential showdown with Sam Bowen is pending in the future. But overall, again, really, really impressed with his shot selection. Really working that body well. And I'm really excited for, for the future for him. Yeah, I like Zelfa. I've always liked Zelfa Barrett. I think he's got a great technique and... Um... He, he finished off Jordan McCory nicely. Some some lovely body shots in there, and obviously the one that finished him off was a great great shot. Um, sort of low blows in that one as well, and there's quite a few low blows in there. But yeah, again, I'm with that. I think uh, Archie Sharp is the fight I want to see. Zell for Barrett and Archie, I think that's a, that's a cracking fight. And then obviously Sam Bowen is the guy that sort of runs it domestically for me in terms of that next level, and he's looking at potentially a world title. We don't know. I've not heard too much about that, but you know, sticking with Zell for. Fresh performance from him um, since the one of the and, and I think um, he's more than capable of continuing his, his. You know, it'd be interesting. I mean, I say that it's a good fight, isn't it? You, start, you just don't know how that one's going to pan out. But he's a fighter been watching for a long time, and he needs to start getting these big fights now, like literally one after the other, um, and just to see how he gets on. And hopefully, three seconds, you know, that he can come through. But the fighter, uh, I really, I don't care. And, and as I say, he's a good position in the ring. So. Obviously, he's stable, mate. Lyndon Arthur, another guy who I've been talking about for the last two years since doing this podcast. I've been waiting for him to get a really tough test and I've been waiting for him to get a decent fight and not fight guys that are, uh, he's knocking over for the fun of it. And he got one against Emmanuel Amin. And I think he won the Commonwealth title and he won it on a hard night's work. And it was the test that I've been waiting for for him. I've been waiting for him to get a fighter who was going to be durable enough to stand with him and durable enough to to, to land shots and and give him something to think about and not just go through the motions of a fight. And I think this was exactly what he got. So he obviously went the distance of the 12 rounds and it was good to see him do it. Yes, he got a a, a pretty box standard win, 117-111, 117-110 and then a 115-112 card. And I felt like... 
you know, this is this is the time for him now to, to be stepping up domestically in the light heavyweight division. I thought the cards were a little bit wider than, than what the fight actually turned out to be. But, you know, the decision, of course, was right. It wasn't really controversial. I just think the scorecards were a couple of rounds wider than what I, I think they should have been. But at the end of the day, the right man won the fight. So that's really all that matters in at this stage. But another prospect who, like we've said, we want to see them step up. We want to see them in great fights and... You know, you look at Lyndon Arthur, he's now ranked in the top 10 in, in the country. And obviously, you, top 10 consists of guys like Dex Spellman, Liam Conroy, Stephen Ward, Shakan Pitters. You've got Bob Adjusafe in there, Craig Richards. And then you get your big ones, your Callum Johnsons, your Boatsies and your Yards. And t- to me, he needs to be in there with, with two or three of these guys now all for his next two or three fights. Because this is what's going to make his career. And this is what's going to take him to that next level. And I want to see it. It's as simple as that for me. I want to see this for him and I don't know what your thoughts are but I'm interested to hear what you think of Lyndon and then also what you think should happen for him over the next couple of fights yeah I, I think uh, Lyndon I thought I thought he boxed well um, it was good to see him up against uh, a guy that was durable and that was going to last the distance you know it was it was a it was a comfortable win for him and, and I think Phil Edwards probably had the better scorecard was the 1-1-15-1-1-12 in, in Lyndon Arthur's favour I think that was more you know more more right I think that was a bit of a correct decision over the other two had it sort of a bit wider than that but um, you know Lyndon Arthur had to come through he had a cut in the eighth and he managed to get through the fight with a cut which is also another good you know it's not good for him you know when to pick up any cuts but it's good that he's managed to to, to, to like navigate his way through that fight so um, these are all great learning curves for him and um, and these this is what's going to put him in good stead for when he does eventually move up and, and fight you know if he, he wants to obviously move on to the world, world scene and um, you know you've mentioned Craig Richards I think again I always bring out Craig Richards because I think he's a, he's a great fighter to have domestically for, for some of these fellas sort of in and around that domestic scene like heavyweight division so that, that would be a good fight I think and, and I think this is what he needs to be doing there. he needs to be looking at these guys and targeting them if he can get through them um, then you know when he does eventually or if he can get to the point where he's looking at a world title then he's going to find himself 100% ready you know we, we spoke about Anthony Yard didn't we recently where we didn't feel like he was ready and Lyndon needs to navigate his career wisely and he's his crew you know his team around him to make sure that they, they pick the right fights for him and, and these are the type of fights that he should have and, and he should go beyond these now there shouldn't be no one lower than this and he shouldn't be having any too many easy fights and um, and he's a, he, you know he's a, he's a good name in the division and it's just interesting to see whether these guys that are in sort of the top end of the domestic route, whether they're going to move into the next stage and be in there with Yard and Boatsy. Uh, there's a few names in there, and it'd be interesting who comes out on top out of them. So, anyway, we're going to find out if they fight each other. Well, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> looking forward to again, <laughs> looking forward to another another 12 months of this and seeing where we get with them and whether we get to talk about these fights in the future. But. No, a good win for him. Really tough for the guy, you know. Decent guy. Really happy for him to get the victory there. And, and it's good to see him on the big stage like that as well. So, moving on for the rest of the guy, then just sort of touching on everything else that was on there. Uh, victories for Troy Williamson. Shabazz Mazoud looks like uh, a, a second coming of Prince Nazim, I've got to admit. I've, a lot of people have been raving about him. He looks really good. And then you had Oldham's Mark Heffron picking up a victory since his second fight, since losing to, to Liam Williams. And then you've got Shaquille Thompson, John Joyce, Reese Mould, Callum Simpson, George Davy, Jack Daniel, 
uh, and Ivalda's Petruskask victories over the weekend as well for all them prospects on that card as well. So, yeah, good good couple of fights on there. It wasn't the best of cards. You know, I'm not going to butter it up to be anything it wasn't, but I think the, the three main fights, or, or, you know, they were the headliners. They were the ones we wanted to see. I think the Barrett and the Arthur fight were the ones that kind of, I was really intrigued in, and obviously Josh Warrington just blew away Tack out, so it was, it was a bit of a... A non-starter in terms of, of that particular fight, but it's been a good good talking point there with a few things to discuss, and obviously the future of a few of these fights is quite intriguing to see where they're going to go over the next twelve months. So yeah, I was pretty pretty decent weekend for boxing. It was good also to see Chad Dawson getting his second win in as many fights since he's returned to the ring from a hiatus. And obviously, he was on the life and times of a couple of months ago, and it was really good to hear his story from his own mouth and hear what he'd gone through all over his career and what he was looking to do. And we were talking about Dimitri Bivol a bit earlier on in the light heavyweight division. You know, maybe that's that's something Chad Dawson could do. Chad Dawson wants one more shot at the big time. And, and I think I've seen the highlights of his victory over Grachiev over the weekend and you know obviously he's never going to be the same Chad Dawson he once was but he still looks like he's got enough left in the tank to be in there with with the likes of the Bivols or you know I'd like to see him at least get one more big fight but he's got to obviously get another fight or two under his belt I think before the call will come because the call's going to eventually come if he keeps racking up a few wins because of his name and because of him being a former light heavyweight champion in his own right and obviously some of the names he beat in his career so I can eventually see the call coming but yeah I was just really happy to see Chad getting another victory yeah good I'm glad to see he's, he's moved up into the sort of top 20s now in the division and you know, I think you know you're looking at it, there's plenty of names there's plenty of decent names in there that he could get himself ready for the big fights I mean you've got Gene Pascal you've got Marcus Brown you've got you know Babu Jack if he's still knocking about and uh, you know Joe Smith uh, Joe Smith Jr. even is another one Salomon Barrera there's plenty of names you could get it on with maybe one of the Americans would be good maybe like a Joe, uh, Joe Smith Jr. would be a good fight um, and then hopefully you know you never know maybe he could get a chance with Biv or, or any of the other guys who are holding titles at the minute and obviously Kovalev fight you know, so who knows you know we never know he could get one of that big big payday so you know I hope he does I mean as I say he's a big name um, so you never know uh, I mean, and the one thing that did uh, I would like to mention is uh, is Tommy McCarthy as well going over to Italy and uh, but actually beating Fabio Turchi. Um, yes, I did sort of feel that McCarthy would get it, um, but you know the way people were sort of hyping up Turchi, I thought maybe not, maybe maybe it's maybe it's one two five and with it being out in Italy. And I must say that for me was one of the fights of the weekend. I really enjoyed that fight on Friday night, um, and uh, you know he, he, put, he put in a great performance, Tommy. Um, Turchi was in all sorts of trouble. He, he he rallied, he tried to get himself back into it. His eye was really badly thrown in Turchi's eye. I mean, a couple of times the doctors were being called in and it was a bit of touch and go. I think if it was if it was the other way round, they would have pulled McCarthy out. But he pushed Turchi through um, and in the end, I'm glad to see Tom McCarthy right man one of the night. And it, really good fight. I really enjoyed that fight in Italy. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed seeing him get a win because obviously, you know, he'd, he'd lost in, in, in his big outings in his career and obviously with him losing them big outings, it was it was a wonder, you know, would he do something against a guy who'd obviously amassed this record in Turkey who was, who was sort of being 
touted as as their you know matchroom Italia were they? It was like the matchroom Italy <laughs> branch, and obviously they were. He was the sort of one of the main stars of that matchroom Italy branch, and for Tommy McCarthy to go over there and get that win, and you know that was a big for him, and it seems like. Italy seems to be the place to send over some of our British fighters who have not had the best of times over the past couple of years. I mean, we've seen Marcus Morrison do it earlier this year, go over there and get a big win, and now we've seen Tommy McCarthy do it. So, you know, it seems to be Italy seems to be the place to send our fighters. Either that or the standard of the the fighters in Italy are just not up to the same standard as they are in in the UK, and maybe it just kind of shows. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm wrong, but... Mm. You know, it just kind of seems like we're sending some of our guys that are not doing so well or are having a bit of a mixed fortune and then they're going over there and they're looking pretty fucking good and, you know, they're coming back with these little titles, these rankings belt titles and doing something for the career over here. So, fair play to them for for giving it a crack and fair play to for McCarthy to doing that as well. You know, good win for him that and really happy for the guy. He's a decent guy. So, um, there was a couple of other things, obviously, that you said uh, we were talking about and one of the things I wanted to mention that I've picked up on from over the weekend was David Allen talking about wanting to fight Daniel Dubois next and say saying he'd like he'd get in there within a, within a heartbeat and it was just a few things I wanted to speak about about that first of all how how would he get a shot at the British British title or even the Commonwealth title given that he got stopped in his last fight. How would he even get a shot at any of them titles? It'd have to be a non-title fight. There's no way they could put the title on the line for it. And secondly, is he absolutely bananas or what, this kid? <laughs> yeah, I, I really like Dave. I mean, I've, I've liked Dave Allen, you know, watched him again for a long time. And um, he was always, you know, he was he, he, he's a sparring buddy, weren't he, really? Yeah, it was, I mean, he's young when he started. He turned pro when he was like 18 or something crazy like that. You know, he, he was durable, isn't he? He, always, he knew he was going to get rounds out of Dave. Um, and obviously he had a turn of fortune. And he looked like he was going to actually go on to do something. I mean, we even potentially tipped him against Price. And we all know how that worked out. Um, so to be stepping into someone like Daniel DeBrive, if he, if, I suppose it's just the money he's looking at. Because... Um, you know, even then, is he going to get that much money? Uh, I'm guessing his best payday would have been the price fight. I, I, I may be wrong, but I don't know. I don't think. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe that fight will sell. Maybe people want to see it. Um, I think it'd be a silly move. I don't see the point in him even looking at anything like that. I think he should be, you know, I don't know, just just sticking in the domestic scene. And I know Daniel is in the man there. Um, I think, you know, if he's going to fight anyone, I'd say probably like a Nathan Gorman. At least you're not going to get blazed out early because I think that's basically how it would go. I mean, to be fair, look, he doesn't shy away from anyone, does he, Dave Allen? So uh, he might get his wish. I don't know how that's going to pan out. I'm, I'm not too keen to see it myself. I don't really see the point in it. But, you know, he wants to do it. I suppose I know Frank Warren he probably hit it. Go go on then. Give you know it, it might give the workout a few more rounds. Um, but the way he's been going lately, I'm not suspecting it will last that long if it was to happen. <laughs> and something else as well for the weekend. I thought I'd have to bring it to the attention. I don't know if you've seen any of the. Um any of the sort of interviews over the weekend and Derek Chisori was talking about Frank Warren needs to pay him some money that he owes him and then he quickly backtracked on that comment which was uh, quite strange for Chisora. obviously there was uh, maybe a legal battle impending but maybe Frank Warren sent his legal team straight out to Chisora to get him 
But it was funny because he was calling Frank Warren like a dinosaur and all sorts of crap over the weekend. But what <laughs> made what, what what made me laugh was Frank Warren's response. So I'll read Frank Warren's response. So he, what he said in an interview with IFL was, this is what he said to Jerry Chisora, so I'm a dinosaur, but this dinosaur will be there with the heavyweight champion in Daniel Dubois when he's well and truly gone. The future is with the dinosaur. He should really kiss my backside for what I've done for him in his career. <laughs> Ah, Frank Warren. Ah, mate, I don't even know. I, do you know what? I didn't even hear you or what you said. I just heard the response from Frank. And uh, to his credit, I mean, I always, uh, I, I'm, I'm a bit harsh on promoters probably sometimes, but um, you know, they, they got thick skin. They, I'm sure they won't give a shit what people say about him. But um, he is a bit of a dinosaur, though. I sort of agree with those comments. He is. He's old school, really, Frank. And uh, but saying that, he's you know, apart from we've been quite nice to the to the recent card this this weekend with Warren and um, it was a bit of a bit of a poor card this be fair but um you know so I, I caught up on that after and that, he, he has managed to 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 be competing over here with, with what Frank what Eddie Earn's been putting out. Saying that Eddie's putting out a good show this weekend, isn't he? Live on Sky that you don't have to pay for so um, interesting but um, yeah Derek Chisora he's, he's just always got something to say that one and he's God it, I mean who, who, when the, when the Parker pulled out um, I see obviously Price has gone in but I think uh, the, the one of the first names everyone wanted to put in there was uh, Let's Go Champ anyway. I can't wait to forget his name his Shannon name? Briggs Shannon Briggs now that would have been brilliant I would have just watched the flipping pre-fight and post-fight press conferences <laughs> and just dug the fight on because that would have been brilliant. But uh, I, I don't, do you know what? Derek is always, it's going to be interesting to see how he gets on against Pricey, but um, I, I, I can't help but like Derek. He does, he don't hold back, does he? No, he doesn't. I, I do like Derek so I always have. I mean, he's done some questionable things over the years, but I've always enjoyed watching him. I've always enjoyed the, uh, when you think he's, he's he's down and out, he just seems to come back and, and give us one more little rally, doesn't he? And, you know, we've seen him, we've seen him beat Takam and then we've seen him get floored by Dillian White where he was seemingly winning it and then he beat Spilker this year and now he's going in against Price and, you know, that could be a repeat of Spilker. He's, he's just, you just don't know where where, where the future's going to go with him and, and you know, he's, he's, he's a colourful character and I think for some of the stuff he's done that's been kind of bad or brought negative press to the sport, people have watched it. People have wanted to see him because he's unpredictable and they don't know what he's going to do and I think boxing he does need characters like that he does need them you know not everybody agrees with with the methods of the madness but at the end of the day a lot of the time it puts bums in seats and everybody's talking about it like when he was kicking off with Eddie Earn in the press conference the first one for the Parker fight and he's saying oh you better pay me my fucking money or I'm not going to fight kind of thing I want to be the headline act kind of thing do you know what I mean and it's just like it created controversy and controversy creates cash so yeah he's got a little bit of method behind the madness there I think which is aura but yeah I think that kind of that kind of rounded up a lot of the stuff that I was looking at from over the weekend uh, I know there's there's plenty of other talk of certain fights happening but i'll leave that for for another episode so is there anything else you wanted to add before we call this one a wrap oh just just a good win for jay harris over paddy barnes um that that, that over in uh was that the belfast card um, yes yeah i think i think old paddy uh i think he left it too late to move pro for me but jay harris put in a fantastic performance and um 
you know, he moves on. Um, he looks really good. He looks like he could potentially move on to fight for a world title if he keeps putting in performances like that. Um, and I just think, Paul Paddy, I, I really felt that maybe he may be able to move on and get a world title shot. Sort of, I think he was targeting 10 pro fights and it just didn't go that way for him. And he has ended up um, paying the price for basically, you know, not, not making that transition early enough from, from his amateur career to, his, to the professional ranks. But saying that, he will go down as one of the greatest Olympian boxers um, for a long time. Um, so, you know, you can't discredit that. Um, I just think he left it a bit too late but you know unlucky for Paddy but good result for uh, for, for Harris I'm glad you brought that up because I completely forgot about it and yeah it was it was a great result from Jay Harris and yeah Paddy Barnes man I think the, the more people forget that the talking points of this fight is really people should be talking about the win for Jay Harris but a lot of people are talking about the Paddy Barnes lost really I think given the transition it doesn't seem to have gone as well as some other transitions have gone in you know from Olympians to, to professionals he's, he's an example of, of a guy that has maybe stayed in the amateurs for too long and not transitioned early enough and you know it's unfortunate and it doesn't always work I mean another example people are gonna gonna laugh but Audley Harrison was another one who was yeah. was quite old when he transitioned over to the professional ranks and and it didn't do many favors and then the fact that he didn't have any major competitive fights for quite a while in the first half of his career also made a massive difference on it as well so for Paddy Barnes at least in my opinion at least he's gone in there and if he decides to call it a day in his professional career I I, I couldn't really complain that I couldn't say oh he shouldn't do he shouldn't do but at the end of the day he's, he's gone in there with top level fighters now and when he's gone in there with the top level fighters he's lost so is there anything more you can do in the sport rather than sort of you know depromote yourself down to the sort of domestic level he doesn't want to be that he got in the sport because he wanted to go on to win these world accolades and unfortunately it doesn't look like he's going to do it so maybe he should get out of the sport and maybe he should focus his attentions in a different part of boxing maybe training or or, or something of that nature uh, it's a shame it is it's a shame but let's not forget jay harris because jay harris absolutely great performance he was great performance for him to, to to win his last fight and then for him to do this in this fight with a great body shot then you know all I can say is this guy looks like he's he's going to the world level and he looks like he's you know potentially a future world champion. So yeah, thanks for bringing that up because I would have completely forgot about that if you wouldn't have mentioned it. So <laughs> it was uh, it was good. Really enjoyed it. Great weekend. Great weekend, yeah. Great weekend for boxing. And obviously, we've got a massive card coming up, as you rightly pointed out earlier. Uh, a free-to-air card for Sky Sports customers. We're going to be talking about it in a preview episode later on this week. Really looking forward to Ritson versus Davis Jr. It's going to be a great card this weekend. And that is it from us. Thank you, as always, for listening to the episodes. Make sure you go and share the episode on social media when you see it go out on twitter just press the retweet button for us because it really really helps us if you see it go out on facebook press the share button all this really truly helps us if you've not already subscribed you can do it by checking us out on apple Podcasts or podbean or any of the other available podcasting apps twitter is at btr boxing pod and facebook's btr boxing podcast thanks for listening guys and we'll see you later on in the week for a preview episode Podcast Network. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.